Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Good morning. It's our pleasure. My name's John, and John Adams, if you didn't know, one of the pastors here and Last week, we started in the book of Romans, and we're excited to be in this book for about 12 weeks for the first couple chapters. Then we're going to pick up each, each year. Next year, we'll be in chapter 3 and so forth. So this uh, last week, we saw how God's call will change your life. And Paul wrote this letter of, to the Romans And he wrote about this glorious gospel of Jesus and how it changed him. Remember, he used to persecute Christians, Christ followers. And then he was so changed by God that he began to preach to Christ followers and he became one. And so it's amazing. Yeah. And then and then also he was a Pharisee which means a separated one. He separated from the Gentiles, which means any non-Jew, the Pharisee stayed away from. But when he came to to Christ and God called him to himself, he was changed and he gave his life to the Gentile world and he planted churches among the Gentile world and loved them and prayed for them and spent his very life pouring out Christ's love to a people that he once hated. Isn't that good how the gospel changes people and how he will change you and me as we trust him? And so uh, one thing that Paul was confident of, that God chose to love him even when he was at his worst. Isn't that good news? Are you glad that God loves you when you're at your worst? Are you? I hope so. You see, Paul was convinced that God would never abandon him regardless of how bad he was or even the good works he did. And and so today, as we come to our passage, he writes a a pretty long um, introduction last week that we looked at, the first seven verses. And now he bursts forth in a prayer of gratitude for God and his work among the Christians, the Christ followers, in Rome and in our lives because God's word is just as applicable to us as it was to the church at Rome in that day. And so God wants to work in you and me today. And so as we come to God's word, uh, we come to his holy word. It's, we're going to begin in verse number eight. And I just remind you again, As we often say, this is his word. Let us put our lives under its authority and teaching, even when we don't understand. Romans 1.8, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift 
to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to, the, to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Amen. Amen. And so today from our passage, we're going to see how Paul trusted God with three things. He trusted God with, God's, with his plans, with his timing, and his results. So first of all, let's look at his plans. And we see that in verse 8. Look at it again with me. He says, he writes, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in the world. Sounds a lot like the letter of Thessalonians. And he goes on verse 9, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. So this week as I studied this passage, I saw that there were 11 times Paul uses the, the word I, I, I. But notice how he uses it, like verse 8, I thank my God. Or down in um, verse 9, I mention you always in my prayers. Eleven times he, he writes this, and at first glance you could say, this guy was, had some ego, right? But it wasn't ego, he was centered in God, and he was praying for others. And that's what his prayer is about. As he comes and he makes his plans, we can see that, that he had heard about the wonderful work God was doing in the church at Rome. And notice in verse, again, 8, he said, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Hey, they didn't have Twitter. They didn't have social media in those days, did they? And yet word of mouth, there was a powerful networking. The gospel cannot be stopped. It cannot help but be proclaimed. For the glory of our great God and what he does in lives. When he truly changes lives, there is a powerful witness. And it goes out very, very, almost spontaneously. And it says here, their witness went out through the whole world. This is, this is pretty amazing. And so here he, he, he writes, and he obviously Paul had heard heard about the church at Rome. In fact, he had never visited Rome. We saw that last week. He wanted to come to Rome. But here, if you turn, flip back to chapter 16, the last chapter in this letter, no less than 27 names, people he wants to greet who are in Rome. How did he know all these names and remember them? Well, you know what? He prayed for them. Let me just give you a little encouragement. If you learned and you grow in prayer in 2023 and you pray, grow in praying for others, you're going to remember some names. Anyone struggle with forgetting names? Grow in prayer. Paul remembered people and he remembered to pray for them. And his focus of his prayers was not just for his needs. He had plenty of them. 
He was always praying consistently throughout the 13 epistles. I challenge you to look at, find some instances where he's praying for himself. No, he's saying, I'm, he's constantly praying for others. And it's a great model for our life, right? And it's a great coaching for us in this year to learn how to grow ourselves in relationships and how do we operate praying more and more for others. And so we see here that uh, verse number nine goes on, for God is my witness. You know, what a great thing to say about your prayer life, for God is my witness. That's, a, that's almost a fearful thing to say, right? But Paul was saying, God, you are my witness. I am praying for these people. And I care for them. And I, I am, my heart is given over to you. To you. And, and we found out last week, verse 1, the very first thing that Paul says when he writes this letter is, because I'm a servant of Christ Jesus, verse 1. And, and, and so he learned how to pray without ceasing that he would come and see the church at Rome personally. And if you observe again how Paul prayed, verse 9, he did this, he grew in this throughout his life as he practiced praying for others. And he had a plan that he wanted to come to, to the church at Rome, but his timing, and we'll see this in a few moments, was not right. It was off a little bit, and God didn't have that same timing. And throughout Paul's life, we see that sometimes God had a better plan than Paul had, as good a planner as Paul was. Um, in Acts 16, verses 6 and 7, Paul had planned to go to Asia, and you remember from the direct counsel of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit said, no, you're not going to Asia. I'm giving you a spiritual U-turn. You're going to go to Macedonia, which was in Europe. And do you think God did that to frustrate Paul? No. Why did he do it? He did that he changed Paul's plans because God had a better plan. Do you realize one thing? God has better plans than you and me. You know, Scripture says, Proverbs 16, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Verse 9 says, the heart of man plans his ways, but notice, but the Lord establishes his steps. Paul submitted his plans to God, even the ones that he felt were logical. And you know what? Some of you are pretty bright, logical people. When you have logical plans, you think they're right, don't you? But God might have better plans. Are you submitting your plans to him? Paul, with confidence, laid his best laid plans before the Lord because he knew they paled in comparison to the wisdom of God's plans. Now, just a question in 2023. Are you submitting all your plans to God? God, as, as Proverbs 16.3 says, I'm committing my work to you. And, and I want my plans to be established because I'm trusting you and what you have for me. 
How do you do that? How do you commit your way plans to the Lord? Is it mystical or magical? No. Get to know his word in 2023 and grow in prayer in 2023. We're going to have a prayer conference called Selah, Stop and Listen, February 11th. And I, I'd love to see many of you there because we all need to grow in prayer. It's not about being this prayer warrior. It's just like saying, I want to grow in prayer and knowing more and more God's plans and learning how to submit my life to him and to his plans. Like Paul, in 2023, may we learn to grow in praying without ceasing, verse 9, and taking the next steps he shows us. And so we've seen here that we need to, first of all, Paul prayed saying, I trust your plans, Lord. But secondly, he's, he trusted in prayer God's timing. And we see that in verse 11. Look at it. He writes, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented. Verse 11 says that Paul longed to see the family of God at Rome. Why? to impart to you some spiritual gift. Now, obviously, Paul had something good to give them. We don't know what gift it was. And I love Paul's attitude and the way he ministered, and it's a good coaching point for each one of us in this life, is he wasn't looking to get something from someone. He was looking first to be a servant to give, to impart the spiritual gift. And that was his heart. It, and, but also, look at, not only was he looking to give, but we see in verse 12 that he said, by imparting this gift, I'm also praying that we will be mutually encouraged. I mean, Paul is this great apostle and man of faith. And he's saying that the church at Rome is going to, by sharing our faith with one another, that that's good for us. And we'll build one another up. You know, look to the person to the right and left and the person that you don't know. That person, their faith, as you get to know them and grow in knowing these people in your church family, if this is your church family, it should, we should be mutually encouraging one another with our faith and strengthening one another by our growth and our, our, how God is building us up together. So it's just such an important, vital point that here Paul, Paul trusted God and his, his timing. And, and so we, we see here in verse 12 and that he, he was looking for this mutual encouragement. And then he reminded them in verse 13, I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented. Again, he had an intense desire earlier in his life to come to Rome but many times he was prevented by God from doing so. So did he force it? Did he book a trip anyway and say, God, I'm going no matter what you say? No. He, he submitted his desire and his, the timing that he wanted. He trusted God's timing. So you see, if we read Romans chapter 15, verses 22 through 25, we see that 
Paul planned to travel as soon as possible to Rome. And he had good reasons to do so. What were his reasons? We've seen one already. But he also wanted to enjoy some face time with him, if you look at Romans 15. And he hoped to use his visit to Rome as a launching pad for ministry to the Gentiles and plant churches in Spain. These are all good desires. <laughs> and, and, and it was a place where Romans 15, 20 says, not where Christ has already been named, meaning Jesus had not been preached there. And they didn't know that he was the Savior and Lord. But God delayed Paul's plans to come to Rome. And he trusted him. When God delays you in your plans, do you trust him? You know, I like to read old guys, you know, old theologians and such. And one guy, old guy from South Africa, his name is Andrew Murray. And he um, wrote in the 1800s. And he wrote something that's just as relevant. It's so powerful today. And I've read this so many times. I'd encourage you to, to really meditate on this. Listen to what Andrew Murray wrote about God's plans, trusting his plans, and his timing. He writes this. He brought me here. It is by his will I am in this straight place. In, the fact, in, in that fact, I will rest. He will keep me here in his love and give me grace to behave as his child. Then he will make the trial a blessing, teaching me the lesson that he intends for me to learn. In his good time, he will bring me out again, how and when he knows. Now, will you read out loud together with me this last portion of his, of his prayer? So let me say, I am here by God's appointment, in his keeping, under his training for his time. Man, is that not wise? Man, if we, if we live this way, we would be changed. It would, it would be a result of our hearts being changed that we live this way too. He says, I'm here by God's appointment. He's sovereign. He's in control. He's all wise. It is in his keeping. He is going to watch over me. Psalm 121. I'm under his training. He's teaching me and coaching me by his word and by his Holy Spirit. And it is all for his time. In the letter to the book of Galatians, Paul reminds us about the trusting God with your time and the timing of events. He writes, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Just a couple points there. Proper time, in the Bible, there's two kinds of time. Clock time and strategic time. And here, this is the word strategic, kairos time. And it's strategic because it's God's time, not just ours. At the proper time, at the time of God's calling, that we will trust him in every area of our life because if we do this, secondly, we said, we'll see, and we'll see. this leads us to our third point, we will reap a harvest. God will do a great work in and through us. It's his work. It's his plans. It's his timing. And it's for his results. 
And we see this in the end of verse 13. In order that, that I may, again, here's that same phrase from Galatians 6, 9, reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation to the Greeks and to the, bar, to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. Verse 14, he's saying, I don't care about social class. Whether they're cultured or not, I am preaching the gospel to the people God puts in my path. Are we like that? <laughs> Verse 15, so I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Paul desired to reap a harvest among the church family at Rome and, and, and uh, with Gentiles in Spain. Notice again the contrast here. Verse 14, he talks about there, I'm under obligation. That's called duty. But did he do it like, oh, I've got a duty. I've got to do this. Some of you feel like when I say, read your Bible and pray. Okay, just one more thing to do. I feel under obligation. Do I have to do this? One more thing? No, look at what Paul says in verse 15. So I'm eager. I desire this. I desire to do my duty. I can't wait. I'm delighted to do what God has called me to do. Obligations become delights when we trust God. May we do that more and more. You see that Paul was learning how to align his, his desires and not like his timing with God's and his results with God. He didn't understand exactly how, when, and what God was doing, but he was confident in God and that God would do the work in him and through him. And you know what? We don't always understand what God is doing in our lives, right? When he prevents us in some way, he is also preparing us in other ways. Do you believe that? Do you, do you know that, uh, <laughs> that if this timing wasn't how God ordered it, we would not have the letter of Romans today? Because he wouldn't have written it from Philippi to the Romans because he wrote it because he was delayed. And he, he didn't know how much the results, imagine what, how much impact the letter of Romans has had throughout the century and has in our life today as we dive into it. Wow. <laughs> That's completely amazing. And another thing about results, do you remember how Paul came to Rome? Do you remember that? When he finally arrived in Rome, he was in chains. He was literally a prisoner of the govern, government. Acts chapter 28, verse 30 tells us that, that he was under house arrest. He lived there two whole years in Rome at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Isn't that cool? The results of Paul's imprisonment 
how he came to Rome were staggering. He tells us in Philippians chapter 1, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. You see, it was God's plan. God's plan for Paul to go to Rome as a prisoner. It was God's timing for that to happen near the end of his life, not the beginning when he wanted to go. And it was God's results. He had an unhindered gospel proclamation. The church at Rome began to boldly proclaim Jesus as the result of Paul's visits. Isn't this good how God works? So today, I know you have lots of hopes and dreams and plans. You have timing. You have results you want to accomplish in your life. I know that some of you, and I was just looking around our prayer room at 7.30 this morning. We were praying. Each one of those men in our prayer room, I could have prayed some hurt and some plans they have for family members in ways they feel like they wanted to change something or see their kid come to Christ or they wanted something different in relationships. Every one of them. And I'm sure every one of you, if you even just think about your family, you have plans, timing, and results you want to see accomplished. But here, like Paul, may we know God has a better plan, a better timing, a better result as we trust him, especially as we trust him in prayer. And as we come to the Lord's Supper, I want to challenge you to pray this, and we're going to keep this up for a little bit as we come to communion. Pray this. Lord, I trust you with any way, any time, and anything you want to use me to advance your gospel. Any way, I trust your plans. Any time, I trust your timing. Anything, I trust what you will accomplish. Gang, are you willing to surrender your plans, timing, and results to God? Do you trust and will you trust and believe his better plans, his better timing, his better results? Let's come to him and pray prayers to say anything that I've trusted other than you, Lord. I reject it in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.